often talked about we need to fight our battles, right? Some of us are not fighting enough. And we're fighting, the wrong, we're fighting but we're fighting the wrong way. It's kind of like James said. James said you ask, but you ask amiss in James chapter 4. You, I, feel, I sense the Lord saying, he said you're fighting, but you're fighting the wrong way. You're fighting the wrong way. That your weapons are praise and thanksgiving like the song says. Be anxious for nothing, yet in everything with prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Make your requests be made known to God and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind by Christ Jesus. That's Philippians chapter 4. That's how we fight our battles. We make everything known to Him. And through prayer, with supplication, and thanksgiving attached to it, that is how we enter into a place of peace. So because why do we fight a battle? Why is a battle there? A battle is there because it needs to bring peace. We want peace in the situation. We want peace to manifest itself. And so when we fight, our battles are fought. In his peace. He said that you've been fighting the wrong way. It's a real simple thing. Through prayer, with supplication and thanksgiving. What does that mean? That means tell him what's going on and do it thankfully. And then we get our hands off of it, y'all. We're done. We're done at that point. So right now, everybody in this room has something going on it's either a spiritual thing it's a solical thing it's a physical thing it's in your body it's in your money it's in your marriage it's somewhere right now everybody has it going on so what we're going to do first of all we're not going to be anxious or worrisome about anything that's happening because what anxiety and worry does is creates an atmosphere where God cannot move because we're too busy trying to do it ourselves by worrying about it that's why you're worrying, you're trying to fix it. So we're not going to let that thing happen. And with our prayer and with thanksgiving, we're going to make the request be made known to God right now. And we're going to allow the peace of God, peace of God to flow in our lives. So everybody got a problem. I don't care who you are, you got a problem this morning. Something's going on. So right now, let's all lift our hands. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. You know our worries and concerns and we release them to you now in the mighty name of Jesus. We cast our care upon you because you care for us. Now, Father, in this situation, and you name it now. You name your situation now. In this situation, Father, we give it to you. And we know that you are faithful to perform your word in our lives and in this area. And we thank you right now. Even though we can't see it, even though we can't feel it, we thank you right now that it is done in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father, that the battle is already won. The fight is fought. We give it to you and we thank you that your peace flow right now in the name of Jesus. Now receive his peace. Receive his peace, his mercy, his love in Jesus' mighty name. Receive it. Just take a deep breath. Just breathe it in like it's fresh air. Thank you, Lord. The mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Y'all can sit down. I know y'all want to. Yeah, people with them back problems and stuff starting to have issues.
So I didn't know what I was going to do this morning, so I asked Jody what I needed to do. That's a good place to go. You know, Holy Ghost, Jesus, God, Jody. I'm messing with you. I was kind of already on what she was talking about. Um, Michael, if you would, would you put up that, that first scripture I gave you? I think it's John chapter 7. For some reason, this, this has been on me for a number of days, and I don't know why. And so we're going to get into it, and we're going to figure out why God is making this such a big deal on me. Okay? It's been on me. And then I called Jody. I'm like, Jody, I don't, I don't you know, I just can't really land on what's going to happen this morning. Can't really land. And she said, well, maybe you ought to talk about the presence of God, how you kind of get there, because I have a tendency to be aware of him on a pretty continual basis. So I was like, all right, cool, we'll talk about that. But I kept going back to this scripture. And so we're going to put it all together this morning, as long as y'all got enough faith to get there with me. Y'all, y'all got it? So what's this scripture say? On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Let him come to me and drink. If anybody thirsts, now, of course, we all know that there is a physical thirst that we can have, but there's also a solical thirst. There's a spiritual thirst that we can go through. There's, there's, a, there's a thirst that we can step over into to where we feel like something's missing. You ever been in that part of your life where you feel like there's something missing, that there's something, I don't know, there's something going on. I can't really, I can't really put my finger on it, but I just don't feel like, just not there yet. Is that just me? Anybody else? Well, we just, just, there's got to be more than this. Anybody ever said that? Got to be more to it than this. Got to be more than this. So Jesus is talking to those of us that are in that spot where we're looking up and going, there's got to be more than this. There's got to be something else. This can't be all of it. There's got to be another step. There's got to be more to it. There's got to be a stronger either anointing or a stronger, a, a stronger relationship with God. There's a, a greater revelation. There's got to be more than just this. That's who Jesus is talking to. So he says, for, if anyone thirsts, he needs to go where? Where do you go when you thirst? When you're in that spot, what's the answer? Where do you go? You go straight to Him. Straight to Him. No bypasses. No detours. No other shortcuts. You go a beeline to our Lord. If there's anything in your life that you're thirsting for, Something in your life that you're thirsting for. Here, I'll take it, I'll take it straight up. I'll, I'll get religious on you real quick if you want me to. To all the people that you want to see have their lives changed because you got it going on and ain't no problems with you. All the other people out there that you want to see their lives change and all the faults and the failures that you see in everybody else around you, even when there's a thirst there, where do you go? Who do you touch? Who do we talk to? Where are we supposed to go? He said, when you're thirsty, come to me. There's so many different things that we do beyond going to Him. And I'm going to get in the vein of getting in His presence. Don't you worry about that. But we have to figure out what we are doing to get there. 
You can't get into the presence of Greg unless you go to Greg. You can't say, hey man, I want to see Paul Gray and then go try to find Tom. All I'm going to say is he started it. All I'm going to say is he started it. So if I start wearing him out here in a minute, I don't want nobody feeling bad for old Jeremy over here. If you want to find something, you go to that thing. He who thirsts, there's lack in there. There's want there. There's need there. When there's thirst, there's lack, want, and need. There's dehydration. It's dry, baby. It's dry. Things are tough. Anybody ever spend any time in a dry climate? It's rough. It's a rough climate. When those times come, we have a tendency to seek out everything and anything else but Him. We ask everybody what we're supposed to do except Him. We seek counsel from everyone we could get our hands on except Him. Or, we do like we tried to do last week whenever I did offering. We go, you know, we go in the parking lot. Isn't that right, T-Bray? We start seeking out other forms of escape besides Him. We'll find a drug that fits. We'll find a little alcohol that fits. We'll find a little good time. Let's go out. Man, I feel like blowing off some steam. Is it just me? Is it just me? I'm just saying he started it. Y'all follow? Y'all see? When you're thirsty in your life, there's only one place to go. One. Go on to verse 38. Let's see what it looks like, Michael, because I have no idea what it says. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, out of his heart or out of his belly will flow rivers of living water. Did you put 39 and 40 in there? There you go. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. At this time in the Scripture, you can stay right there, Michael. At this time in the Scripture, Jesus was still in his, in his bodily form on the earth. Right now, his bodily form is in heaven. He's seated at the right hand of God. He is up there with no blood in him. He is flesh and bone because his blood was poured out and spilled out for all the sin of all mankind that could ever, 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 ever happen. Before, now, and in the future. All of it was spilt out and brought to him as an offering. Brought to the Father as an offering on your behalf. So right now, he is there. But in this spot, he was on the earth in his fleshly form on the earth with us. At that time, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, had not 
been released into the world. Now the Spirit would become upon and sit upon people and rest upon people, but the Spirit had not been released to go live and dwell on the inside of people as He does today. Y'all with me? So Jesus, when He spoke of this, that you come unto Me, if you're thirsty, you come to Me, He said it because He was not yet to be glorified. He had not gotten to a glorified place, which means that the Holy Spirit had not shown up. So now today, today, we don't have to seek Him out in person. You know, I was making jokes about you want to find Paul, you got to go see Tom. See, now what we do is we have an access to Jesus Himself through the power and presence of the Holy Ghost. It says it right here. He was speaking concerning the Spirit whom those believing in Him would receive. If you believe in Him, you receive the Holy Spirit. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we are on the other side of this Scripture now. He has been glorified. We have received the Spirit, so therefore, if we thirst and we want to drink, we access Him through the Spirit. Are y'all with me? That is the, in, in the banking world, I'm a banker by day. I don't do this all the time. Because uh, I don't know why I don't do this all the time. What's that? That's right, it's Paul's job. <laughs> That's a good answer. I was going to say something like I'm not good enough to get it done, but you're right, I don't want to take your job. Yeah, good point. In the banking world, we talk about, um, those of you that are bankers that, that deal in operations, you'll know what I mean. We talk about the rails that things work on, Okay. We have uh, cash. Everybody's familiar with cash, right? That is a rail. That's a, that's a way, you know, like train rails. That's a rail that it goes on. Anybody ever heard of P2P, Venmo, Zelle, those type things? That's another rail. Anybody know about a debit card? You know, that's another rail that the transaction happens on. There's all these different rails and these paths to which the uh, transaction jumps on to go from A to B. So the rail in the Christian world is found through and by the Spirit of God. That's where our rail sits. If we want to get in the Spirit from point A to point B, the rail that we travel upon is Him. Is this just making sense? That's the access. That's the door. That's the step. That's the, that's the rail is the best way I could put it. You want to get your train over there? You got to get on this rail to get there. If you don't get on this rail, you won't get there. The transaction won't take place. Y'all with me? So, so getting to Jesus, getting to need, Jesus is not just, oh, I got to get to Jesus, I got to get to Jesus. No, 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 no. We have to access the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit Himself, the Holy Ghost, to make the transaction happen. Are y'all with me? We good? I'm getting some funny looks here. It might be because we're talking about the Holy Ghost and Jesus like they're two separate things. They are not. It's God manifesting Himself in different places. They're the same in one and different all at the same time. It's an amazing, it's amazing, amazing definition. If you start to really take a look, it's hot and I'm wearing corduroy. I'm sorry. Uh, if you really start to look at the, at, the, at the Spirit of God and at the Godhead, they're all together and different and the same all at the same time. It's really amazing. 
And so what I'm talking about is our access point. I'm not trying to segregate them. Are y'all with me? Okay, all right. Where'd my scripture go, Michael? Thank you. Yeah. But he spoke this concerning whom believe and him receive. Right, back up two. No, one more. There you go. Jesus stood and said, if any of y'all are lacking in anything, you have to come to me. And not only are you supposed to come to me, you got to come to me by the Spirit because I'm going to be glorified and I'm going to be in a place that you cannot access right now today. Unless some of you have entered into heaven and actually sat in front of me. If you have, here's the mic. So to access Jesus, we have to do this by the way of the Spirit of God, which is the rail that we go on. I know I'm repeating myself, but you have got to understand this to be able to enter into His presence. If you don't understand these steps, if you don't understand how this thing works, you have a difficult time getting in there, and some of you get frustrated. And you won't even try to get into His presence. You'll get mad at yourself, you'll get mad at Him, you'll get mad at everybody else, and you'll go get you something to drink. You with me? So we access the Spirit of God by the rails of the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, cool. So let's just stay right here. It's an interesting thing that Jesus is saying. I'm I'm switching gears. Point number two. Or gear two. On the tree. What, what an interesting thing that Jesus is saying here. It's really, it's, it, 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 you, you fumble over it if you're not careful. Um, and, and that's something I would recommend to all of you. If you're reading the scriptures, don't just, don't just zip through them. Like, take your time and look at it. I mean, it, it's eternal. It's not going to change. And, and the next scripture or the next page is not going to change. It's going to say the same thing tomorrow that it says today. All right, so don't go flipping the tra- pages trying to get through something. Let's, let's take some time to dig into something and, and see what, what, what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. Jesus makes an interesting statement right here, and I love it. He said, if it's, he stood up and he said, if anybody thirsts, which we've already gone to that, come to me, and we've talked to that, and drink. Come to me and drink. He didn't say, come to me and complain. He didn't say, come to me and um, cry. He didn't say, come to me and concern yourself or worry yourself. I like what Mark Hankin says. He, He didn't say, come to me and think. Because we will always, always, always go to God. We will get into His presence And then we will proceed to think about all the stuff that we need to say while we're there to make sure that we bring up all our problems to him so we can have everything fixed. That's what we do. All of us. All of us. We get in his presence. Well, we got this and I got to think about what else was it, Lord? I was going to talk to you about something. Almost like he's like talking to, you know, well, you know, I was going to say something. Man, what was that I was going to tell you? All right. First of all, he knows it all. First step in the whole thing. He knows every problem that you have. Not only does he know every problem that you have now, he could see all the mess coming your way. All right? So not only does he see what's happening, he sees that if you don't hurry up and fix this mess right now, you're going to have a bigger mess tomorrow. 
right? But what we do is we will show up and begin to try to think through some sort of process and turn it into a soul transaction instead of a spirit transaction. Now you do know there's a difference between the soul and the spirit, correct? We know this. The Word of God is sharp, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. To be able to divide asunder the soul and the spirit, bone and marrow. So soul and spirit are so close to each other that you have to have the Word of God to help you separate the two. If not, if you don't have enough word, you think they're the same. That's how you could know whether or not you got enough word in your life. If your soul and your spirit, you don't understand the difference, you ain't got enough word. If you understand the difference, you're rolling in plenty of word. You're doing good. Does that make sense? So the soul and the spirit are two different things. The, the, all right, so here it is. Real quick, condensed version about that big. You ready? One, two, three, go. The spirit is you. That's the part of you that's eternal and will go on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever, 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 ever. You've got another part that's called flesh. That's the part that I see. That's the part that you see when you look in the mirror. Okay? Thirdly, we have the soul. That is our mind, our will, and our emotions. Okay? This is the thing that gets all jacked up when we're not feeling right. Can I say that? That's the... Blah. Does that make sense? The drama. The... Blah. That's your soul, okay? Your spirit's not going, ah! Your, you know, your flesh can go, ah! But, but your soul is always going to go, ah! You know, it's just that's your soul, okay? Is the best way I could define it. And so what Jesus is saying is when you come to me, you have to come to me and drink is what you must do. Drinking is different from eating, Okay? Eating and drinking are two different things. Walking is different. Okay? All of these things are different. He didn't say, come to me and dance. He didn't say, come to me and cry. He didn't say, come to me and eat a chicken leg. He said, come to me and drink. There is a transaction that we're looking to take place in. Has anybody in here ever drank anything in their lives? Yes. Okay, good. Good. So I'm talking to people that know what I'm talking about here. In fact, if you remember, the second day you were born, the way that you access the world was to drink. It is, the, it is the most fundamental transaction of a human being is to drink. A baby does not eat, it drinks. It has to learn to drink before it can eat. It is the simplest transaction you have ever participated in is to drink. So Jesus is saying, you have to put yourself in the right position. And this position is so fundamental to you that it is such a part of you, you don't even have to think about what's going on. If you think about it, it's just real quick, unless you're like drinking, drinking, right? There's like a drink, and then there's a drink, drink, and then there's a drink, drink, you know? <laughs> yeah, different levels of drinking, you know? Most of the time, on a regular daily basis, and you drink a glass of water or take a sip of water, you don't have to really think about what's going on. You just kind of do it. Right? So, so and when I say you kind of do it, really, I, I read up on this. I asked Google. <laughs> 
Anybody ever do the Siri and Google ask? You know what I'm talking about? Hey, Siri, or hey, Google, and everybody's phone just went off. Anyway, everybody check your phone. It's, you're going to get out of service. It's going to have everything that I said. I don't understand. Anyway, my eyes twitching, isn't it? I'm trying to get there, Lord, I promise. So I asked Google this week, because I was planning on talking about drinking, right? And I was like, okay, Google, I need to know the effects of your body, the effects made to your body by drinking. Oh, my gosh. The stuff that came up was like, yeah, it immediately went bad. I was not talking about, like, drinking, drinking. I was just talking about the act of sipping something. So it took me a long time to figure out how to ask the question properly and how to, how to search it out properly. It is called the physiological effects of not drinking, sipping, I think is what I had to do. The physiological effects of taking a drink on your body is the way that I had to say it. And then Google got into, oh, okay, you're wanting to know the mechanics of it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to get the mechanics worked out. So the mechanics of drinking are this. Are y'all ready? This is how your body drinks. You ready? You ready? Set. Open your mouth and let gravity take over. I swear. That's it. I read about three or four articles. And all of them said, you put the liquid in and you let gravity pull it down. That's it. It is the simplest transaction that you could take, and it's the most fundamental transaction that you've ever experienced in your physical life here on this earth. Jesus is attempting to explain to us how we access him. It is fundamentally simple. It is a transaction that you were participating in before you were born. Your spirit... You have been active before you creeped out of your mother's womb. While you were in her womb, your spirit was active. You were alive to God like never before. Never, never be, be that, that same spot. You were alive to God. He said, I knew you when you were in your mother's womb. And y'all remember the story that whenever Mary, who was pregnant with Jesus, walked in the room with Elizabeth, her cousin, who was pregnant with, with John the Baptist. John the Baptist leapt inside Elizabeth's womb. Why? Because he sensed the presence of Jesus in the room. What he's trying to say is this is not hard. It's so simple that we complicate it to the point that we make it impossible for us to touch him. Ephesians chapter 2, Michael, please. Jesus left this earth, and I talked about it before, that he offered his blood as a sacrifice. That blood was offered as a sacrifice. And what the blood did, we, we, we tend to forget. We actually tend to forget this, and it's so funny to me. What the blood has done has removed your evil doing, our evil doing, from us. What the blood has done, it has removed your and my evil doing from us. 
as if we didn't do it. What the blood has done has removed our evil doing, our sin from us as if we didn't do it. He said, as far as the east is from the west, you could go east as long as you want to and it will never be west. And you can go west as long as you want to and it will never be east. They are so far removed from each other that they will never touch each other, which means that your sin has been removed so far from you that it can't touch you. That's the best way I could put that without having to preach on it for the next hour and a half. Are y'all with me? It's a sobering thing. It really kind of connects you in such a way that you just don't expect it to. It makes you start to think about, wait a minute, what? No, I'm supposed to act right and I'm supposed to do right and I'm supposed to do this and supposed to do that, supposed to do this, supposed to do that. Yeah, sure, our conduct and our holiness comes into play with the way that we access this world, but dadgummit, man, the, the blood is sitting at the throne of God. I mean, Jesus is right there making intercession for us daily. Greg, it sounds like you're just saying anybody can sin as much as they want to. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, if you're sinning as much as you want to, you might want to check up. Sounds to me like your brain ain't working right. But the blood has completely removed all sin from you. Which includes what you did yesterday, what you're doing now, and what you will do tomorrow. I mean, seriously, that's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus did. That's why he is so stinking good. But now, in Christ Jesus, if you've accepted him and become part of the family, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far off have been brought near. How? By the blood. We're not that far away from accessing the Spirit of God, the realm of God, the presence of God. He is closer to you than your family member you're sitting next to. You have brought, been brought nearer to Him than you are nearer to anything else in this world because of the blood of Jesus. You want to access the Spirit of God? You just simply do it. Lord, I need you. Didn't he say he would never leave us? He would never forsake us? Didn't he say that? Then that means that that's what he's going to do. He's not like a man that he should lie. He's not like us. He's not going to sit there and say something that we intend to do now, but we're not going to do tomorrow. He doesn't operate that way. He operates in such a way that when he says it, that is it. In fact, the way physics works and the way that the universe comes together is all based upon the validity and the trust that we have in his word. His voice created all of this. His voice. So he has to do what he says he's going to do. He has to. He can't get away from it. So if he said he would never leave you nor forsake you, then that means he's right here right now all the time. 
all the time. And for us to access him, he is, I'm just telling you, he is, he is near you. If we just stop for a second, just stop and shut everything off. I remember a minister told me one time we were at Old West Barbecue. Where's Old West? Back here. Is that right? Is it this way? Is Old West over there? Yeah, it's over here. Old West is right here. Say that way. (laughs) It ain't that way. I'm sitting in Old West Barbecue with this minister, and he said, you know, and he'd been minister for a lot of years, been in Israel, pretty interesting guy. You probably know who I'm talking about now, been in Israel a lot. And anyway, we were talking, and, you know, we were getting into some of the things of the Word and all that, and, and you know, it kind of got quiet. And he goes, Greg, you know what I try to do every day? I'm like, I'm sure you try to get in your Word and pray. He said, no, I don't try to do that every day. I do that every day. He said, what I try to do every day is I want five seconds of complete nothing. I want five seconds of no thought, five seconds of complete silence in my soul and in my spirit so that I can hear God. Five seconds. And if you think about it for a minute, can you spend five seconds in complete and total nothing? It's one of the most difficult things I've ever tried to do because I'm constantly thinking. We're constantly... This little thing up here is clocking. It's clocking all the RPMs it possibly can. He said, if I could just do that. And that's the thing to do. He is always, always with us. In fact, he said he would never leave. Which means you could try to walk away from him and he's not going to leave. You could tell him you don't have nothing to do with him, and he's not going to leave you. You could try to get rid of him, and he won't go nowhere. He is the stickiest booger you've ever dealt with. You'll remember that. You won't remember nothing else, but you'll remember that. I like to say him in such a way that you'll remember it. I don't know. He talked about sticky boogers. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> He will never leave you nor forsake you. He is always, always, always there. Well, Greg, you don't know what I've been doing. I don't care, and neither does he. Greg, you don't know what I'm going I don't care, and neither does he. Let's just shut it all off and walk in. Michael, go to Hebrews, please, and then I'll shut up. And I'll walk in. What's this one say? Is it up there yet? It is. Let us therefore, because we've got access. He told us to come. He told us to come to him and come to drink. He told us that we needed to show up. We've got to get there by the way of the Spirit. He told us to get there. He made access to us, for us, through the blood to where all the stuff that we're worried about trying to keep us out of his presence doesn't matter. So now he's saying, let us therefore, because all this stuff, Everything, everything that he's done because of that, let us do this. Let us boldly, boldly come to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. If you want to see me during the day at the bank, you have to make an appointment. You can't just walk in and see me. 
I'm busy. It's not because I'm all that in a bag of tater chips. I'm just busy. I got a lot of stuff going on. I got stuff lined out. I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow all day long and Tuesday all day long. So really, technically, if you wanted to see me this week, you're going to have to wait till Wednesday afternoon if you wanted to see me this week. Okay? That's the way the thing works. However, if my children need me, guess what? Everything I got going on stops, and they're able to walk directly in. Even if the little ladies at the front and on the way there, because it's kind of a maze to get to my office now, even all the little people you got to hit on the way there, little people, they're, they're little because in, in stature, not, not in, in, uh, in, in hierarchical corporate ladder stuff. You know, they're, they're, all the people you got to run to, they're little like him. <laughs> and his car. Meek, <laughs> meek. Have y'all seen his car? Have y'all seen the car that this man drives? It is a cute car. It is a mini silver bullet. Like, it's smaller than a 22 cal caliber bullet. I mean, that thing is tiny. It only takes him like 20 bucks to fill it up. Is that right? However, he can roll on that thing for about two weeks or a week or so. About a week. Yeah. It don't take much to make it go. Now, if you want to race him, you're going to go, and he's going to go. It's on the tree. So anyhow, you got to go through all those people. My kids can walk past all the little bitty cars that we've got at the bank. Walk past all the people, all the folks, and gain access to me, Right then. And you know how they're going to walk in? Like this. Hey, Dad. Like they're supposed to be there. And like I've got something that I'm supposed to do. That's what you call boldly. Full, complete access. No barriers. None. Can walk in as if you're supposed to be there. Can walk in to the throne of grace as if that was your home. And say, Lord, I need. And then begin to drink. It is so simple that we complicate it. We feel like it has to be hard because we were, we were raised in such a way. Now, don't get me wrong. I reverence God. I'm not going to sit here and act like I don't reverence Him. I reverence Him. And there are times that He, he says, all right, man, we're going to do this the reverent way. I'm a king. Yes, sir. Show enough. You sure, you sure are. But He's also my daddy. And if I need help from daddy, I'm going to get in there. So don't think that I'm sitting here saying that you can't reverence God or you're not supposed to. What I'm talking about is the access and the awareness of him always being with us. Constantly aware of him. It's kind of weird. Like, like I'll be in places like just doing stuff and like, hey man, what's up? You know, the Bible even says that you hear a voice from, from behind you saying this is the way, walk in it. I always sense him like right here. I don't know why. I think it's because it goes to that, you know, the, the cartoons where you got a you got a, a devil angel on one side and a real angel on the other side, and this is the real angel side, I guess. I don't know it's all the way over here. But your access to the presence of God is right now. Right now. Right here, right now. 
There's no band that needs to play. There's no music that needs to be turned on or turned off. You don't have to do it in this building. You could do it from any place at all. Best place to do it's in the bathroom because you're alone. Yeah, this is my last time to preach. Y'all look at the eyes I'm getting from him now. <laughs> this is it. Greg, you're done. I hope this is making sense to y'all. Because I, I, I don't want us to think that God is far away. I say it all the time. The spirit realm is right here. The spirit is right here. The presence of God is here now. Always now. That's the reason why the Bible says now faith is. Faith is in the now. Why? Because that's where God exists is right there. He is in the now always. He doesn't leave that spot. So you could simply check out of life. I mean, it's that simple. And I'm not up here bragging about Greg, but it's that simple. I could check out of life. Check out and get into the now with God. Where nothing else is going on. I can sit this part right out. Golly, you know, it's like, wow. How'd I get there, Lord? I'm trying up here trying to preach these people. But you just sense him. You know, he is always, always, always with us. And you can access him. And when we access, simply drink. How do I drink? I just open up. Tell him everything that's wrong. Or don't. Expose yourself completely. He knows. He don't need you to sit there and say what you did wrong five minutes ago. And just experience him. It helps a lot to be filled with the Spirit. Helps an awful lot. I'm going to say, if y'all got to go, I know you got to go, but I got one more story to tell you, then I'm going to shut up. Is that okay? Yeah. All right. So, I was filled with the Spirit. When, when did that happen, Angel? Was it before the Twin Towers or after the Twin Towers? Shh. Before the Twin Towers. So it had to been, is that my timer up there? That's funny. Oh, that's funny. I mean, I've been talking for a long time, y'all. Wow. I got a timer up here telling me how long I've been going. Uh, long time. Y'all are hungry. I can promise you that. So I was filled with the Spirit somewhere between 1998 and the Twin Towers, somewhere in that neighborhood. I don't know what date. And at that time, you know, I began to sort through the things of the Spirit, and, and I, I began to, 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 to see the things of God and to experience the things of God and, and get to a point to where you can sense his presence. Does that make, does that making sense to y'all where you sense the presence of God? <clears throat> and I, you know, it's been years ago and it's, you know, progression, but I find out now, Lord reminded me of this this week. I find out now that this is super familiar. It's super familiar for me. I don't know if y'all experienced this or not as kids, but I did. I saw angels when I was little, just, just stuff. But I remember specifically being outside and, and playing alone, okay? Now, now, I grew up in a household to where God was prevalent. You know, they talked about him a lot. and we, we, I, Although we didn't have a church home, I was taken to church by my grand, grandmother and grandfather an awful lot. We spent a lot of time in that. So so kind of was aware that there was a God, you know, and I was aware of him being a spirit, and I was aware that, that, that he was kind of there, right? But the, the more I walk with him, the more I go back 
to that time as a child. I remember being a kid in my mom and dad's house and being outside and talking to him. I remember that feeling and that sensation, right? And how sensing him felt, okay? And you have to forgive me, I get emotional on this because it just, it's just emotional for me, sorry. If you don't like it, go somewhere else. I'm playing, it's a joke. Please don't go anywhere, stay here. Um, and so, and I, you know, I was talking to the Lord about, you know, what we're going to talk about, what we're going to do. And so this is something that he wanted me to tell about. So we're going to tell about it. So what I would do is I would just kind of be out in the yard playing. You know, you're a kid out in the yard playing. And it was almost like he was another person there with me. Golly. Almost as if I could touch him. And I had no idea who he was. And some people say you got an imaginary friend. I didn't have an imaginary friend. I had God. It was the presence of God. I knew it was him. How did I know it was him? Well, I mean... We would talk, I mean, it was just kind of weird, you know, he would reveal just little stuff to me, little nuggets and stuff to me, and you're like, oh, you're a kid with your imagination. No, I'm sorry. This was far beyond imagination and making something up. This was an experience that I truly had as a child that I'm beginning to step over into now even more in my walk, and the closer I get to him in my walk, the more I feel like a child which is the explanation of how we are to access Him. Vulnerable. I'm a child of God. When I get into His presence, it's just like I'm a kid. Completely innocent. As if sin never existed. In a vulnerable point, to where I'm willing to talk about and share anything that's going on with me, with him. We can't forget that we are his children. From his standpoint, we're his kids. Just like your children. If those of you that have child, children or, or grandchildren or nieces or nephews, and you feel like they could come to you anytime for anything and talk to you about anything, and you will do everything you possibly can to help them, and all of that, that's the way God feels about you. We're children of Almighty God. Innocent. Vulnerable. And we need help. So if you really want to access the presence of God, and, and, and access the things of God. The state of mind is a child. I don't know nothing. Jody's like, you need to tell me. I'm like, I don't, I don't know nothing. I just, I just go. Just like I wanted to go out this door. Well, I'm, I'm going to go talk to God, you know. It's the same thing. What the enemy will do is the enemy will try to trick you into thinking that you're not good enough to touch the Almighty. He would try to make you think that any, everything that you've done, everything that you can do, and everything that you have been, you're not good enough to touch Him. Religion will try to tell you you're not good enough to touch Him. And there's probably some pastors that have told you that you're not good enough. But I'm here to tell you right now that my God loves you so dearly that He has made a way for you to access Him any 
anytime you want to, day or night, good, bad, or ugly, you can touch him and be in his presence because you got a right to be there because he sent his son to shed his blood so you could. And for anybody to tell you anything differently than that, they lie. And they don't know my God. They don't know him. Let's all stand. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. If you're not sensing the presence of God right now, it's just because you're not paying attention. You're too busy on your phone. He is here. Woo!